Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our show. You can take your listening further and support our work by becoming a member. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, members-only bonus content, an invitation to join the DSR Network Slack community, a members-only newsletter, and members-only blog posts. For the month of February, take 10% off the regular membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy code daily. Thank you. It's February 24th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. It's been a year since Russia launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine, so we thought it would be worthwhile bringing into focus the impact of the war. Western intelligence agencies are estimating that approximately 200,000 Russian soldiers have been killed or wounded since the war began. The Ukrainian toll is believed to be lower, but still more than 100,000 dead or wounded troops. However, the human impact of the war stretches far beyond the front lines. The official toll of Ukrainian civilian deaths is at least 8,000, and according to the United Nations Refugee Agency, the war has led to the second largest displacement crisis in the world. So far, 6.3 million Ukrainians have found refuge in Europe. Within the country, another 6.6 million people are internally displaced. The UNHCR lists 2.8 million Ukrainian refugees in Russia, but we know that many of them were forced there and are now in re-education camps. That amounts to a war crime. Economically. The war has been devastating on Ukraine. Inflation is up to 30% and their GDP shrunk by 35% over the last year. Russia has also inflicted $138 billion of infrastructure damage, which will pose a significant challenge for Ukraine following its ultimate victory. The impact on Ukraine has also reverberated globally, as Ukraine was a significant part of the global food supply chain. Ukraine was only able to harvest 20.5 million tons of crops last year, down from 33 million the previous year, driving up food prices and stoking inflation around the world. The economic picture in Russia is much more mixed. Last year, their GDP shrunk by 2.2%, but it is expected to grow this year by 0.3%. Despite sanctions, and Europe cutting its purchases of Russian fossil fuels in half, Russia is still receiving roughly the same revenue from fossil fuel sales as it did before the war. Countries from around the world have stepped up to support Ukrainians and their fight for freedom. The U.S. has given the most support of any country, totaling $76.8 billion dollars, with $46.6 billion of that being military support. However, countries as far-flung as Colombia, Cambodia, and New Zealand have also, sent, have also sent support, with more than $150 billion worth of aid being sent in total. 
Eastern European countries have sacrificed the most to support Ukraine. Lithuania and Poland have given more than 0.6% of their GDP to Ukraine. Latvia has given more than 0.9% of their GDP. And Estonia has given more than 1% of their GDP. We've been covering the war and its impacts since the beginning, and we hope to cover a Ukrainian victory soon. Elsewhere, a highly active hive of Russian spies posing as diplomats operated in Australia for more than 18 months before it was dismantled as part of a sweeping and aggressive counter-espionage offensive by ASIO. The Sydney Morning Herald reports that the Australian intelligence agency spent months tracking the Russian spy ring, which comprised purported embassy and consular staff and operatives using other deep cover identities, before ASIO finally moved to force the ring's key players out of Australia, according to sources with knowledge of its operation. The spy ring's aim was to recruit Australians with access to classified information and, according to one source with knowledge of the Russians' activity, use sophisticated technology to steal data and communicate without being intercepted. The Russian embassy was contacted by phone and email on Thursday, but provided no response. According to reporting by Reuters, a Brazilian Navy ship arrived in the coastal city of São Sebastião yesterday to help rescue victims of the heavy rains afflicting southeast Brazil, which have killed at least 50 people and displaced thousands. The Navy's multi-purpose aircraft ship, its largest vessel, will serve as an emergency field hospital and is equipped with helicopters and landing vehicles as well as hospital beds. Last weekend's rainfall was the heaviest ever recorded in Brazil in a 24-hour period, according to government data, and left a trail of destruction along the coast of northern Sao Paulo state. At least 38 people remain missing, while more than 3,000 have been forced to flee their homes, according to a statement from Sao Paulo's state government. São Sebastião, located some 124 miles from the metropolis of São Paulo, bore the brunt of the storms, including nearly all of the reported deaths, as massive downpours provoked landslides and dangerous flooding. The AP is reporting that the European Union's executive branch said Thursday that it has temporarily banned TikTok from phones used by employees as a cybersecurity measure reflecting widening worries from Western officials over the Chinese-owned video sharing app. In a first for the European Commission, its corporate management board suspended the use of TikTok on devices issued to staff or personal devices that staff use for work. TikTok faces intensifying scrutiny from Europe and the United States over security and data privacy amid worries that the hugely popular app could be used to promote pro-Beijing views or sweep up users' information. It comes as China and the West are locked in a wider tug-of-war over technology, ranging from spy balloons to computer chips. The EU's action follows similar moves in the U.S., where more than half of the states and Congress have banned TikTok from official government devices. The BBC reports that a Nigerian politician has been arrested for alleged money laundering 
after being caught with almost $500,000 in cash a day before general elections. The U.S. dollars were found by police inside Chinyura Igwe's car. Mr. Igwe, an opposition PDP member of the House of Representatives, was also caught with a list of people to give the money to, police say. In previous elections, politicians have been accused of rigging polls through vote-buying. Nigeria has redesigned its currency partly in order to make it harder for politicians to amass large sums of money in order to bribe voters. However, not enough of the new notes are in circulation, leading to widespread anger and frustration. People have been queuing for hours outside banks in order to get cash, often without success, while some have attacked banks. The elections are predicted to be the most competitive since the end of military rule in 1999, with three candidates all seen as potential winners. In lighter news from The Guardian, police and residents in a Japanese coastal town have been left baffled by a large iron ball that has washed up on a local beach, with authorities admitting they have no idea what it is, only that it isn't about to explode. The sphere, measuring about 1.5 meters in diameter, has been at the center of fevered speculation since it washed up on Enshu Beach in the city of Hamamatsu on the country's Pacific coast. Fears that it could be a stray mine were dismissed after experts used X-ray technology to examine the object's interior and found that it was hollow. There are no indications either that it was involved in espionage by nearby North Korea or China. The presence of two raised handles on the sphere's surface, indicating it can be hooked onto something else, prompted a more prosaic explanation that it is a mooring buoy that had simply worked loose and floated off. That's all the news we have for you this week. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Angela Stent of Georgetown University about the one-year anniversary of the full-scale invasion in Ukraine, of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.